The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Schmozone podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Blumon. Now, everybody always asks me, what hair product do you use? What do you put in that beautiful hair as the Schmo? I use Blumon. I use Ascend, their volume cream. I didn't know what a volume cream was, a pre-styler was, until I started using the Blumon product. It makes my hair a lot thicker and full. I blow dry it or I let it air dry. And then the best thing for you guys to use, we had it on the screen for a second before, it is their discovery kit. I personally use the fifth sample. I love this stuff. Try it out. They have five different kinds for you to sample. Get you some. Promo code SCHMO, 10% off, bluemon.com. Get you some. And another sponsor of today's episode is Fusion CBD Products. Use the promo code SCHMO. Get 20% off Fusion CBD Products. I love this stuff. I love their Fusion CBD sports water. We're drinking it on the show. They have everything that you need. They have sleep and recovery stuff. They have pre-workout energy. They have tinctures. They have rubs. Anything you need for your recovery needs CBD, Fusion CBD Sports. Water is what we're drinking here. Get you some. Let's start the show. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of the Schmo Zone podcast, episode 29. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. the Schmo. My co-host is... And I'm Helen E. Sports. Fresh off the 29th birthday, how are you enjoying your last year in your 20s so far, Helen? You know what? I'm trying to definitely make the most of it, and I want to give a big thanks to such a great birthday weekend, David. So thank you. I had such a great time. And we went to the Eiffel Tower restaurant. It was really romantic. Probably some of the best interviews in Vegas. We got the a, best seat in the house, the best seat in the house, best view in the house, the Bellagio fountain, which goes off every 30 minutes. We got to see it like what, four times, five times? Mm-hmm. Don't know, but it was amazing. And uh, couldn't have asked for a better person to spend that type of view and dinner with. Thank you. And I loved my cake. I still look at the photos even today because there's real roses on it. Well, you made a big deal out of this cake. No pressure. So it was customized. I think it was actually supposed to be, we don't have any photos of it, but maybe we'll post them later on social media. It was like a modified wedding cake, but uh, you were worth it. But they they suckered me in. They said this type of cake, because I said, look, there's only going to be four of us. We really don't want a serving mm-hmm. bigger than four people here. Like, oh, well, our smallest cake, uh, you'd have to go in the wedding section, four to six people. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll figure it out. Was it eight inch round, right? Or was it six inch? I think it was eight and it had some girth to it. It was high. It, it, was, high. it, was, it was girthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thick. Good frosting, you know, vanilla base with the Bavarian cream. I know you wanted that. Yeah. Plain old vanilla. Turning 29. 
Yeah, so I had a great birthday. And I know David's a romantic. I know. Kind of. Kind of. I am or I'm not because before I'm not. And then I do something like this for your birthday and for special occasions. And then I become this romantic guy. See, that's why you have to undersell and overdeliver and you can't do it all the time. You can't have flowers every week, but you get flowers on special wow. occasions. Okay. That's because you just have to build it up, you know? Men, gentlemen, boys, paying attention at home. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. You, it's a grind. It's a, it's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You have to ease the kindness, the gifts, the joy over time so there's exponential growth. You throw everything in the kitchen sink right off the bat, you're setting yourself up for failure in the long term. Well, for my 30th birthday, you know, I'm, I'm going to be expecting like someone to jump out of the cake. There's always room for improvement. And hopefully your kidding. 30th birthday doesn't overlap with the onset of a global pandemic like mine did. I know. Well, don't you feel that things are slowly loosening up? I mean, not like loosening up, but I'm saying, for example, we went out to dinner for your 30th birthday, right? In March, that's when everything was about to shut down and close. And then compared to my 29th birthday that was on the strip as well, did it seem like, you know, things are I, I guess going on the... It's upward? slowly but surely, but obviously things are not the same. Of and we course. won't get into that. But what we will get into is we are rocking some pretty sweet, fresh merch the Schmozone t-shirts are live, theschmozone.com. We're going to be launching a promotion on the Instagram account, on yours, on mine, on the Schmozones. And uh, these are pretty killer shirts. They're comfortable. These are the OG originals. We will yes. start producing some limited edition shirts as this thing goes on. And tell them, the first 100 people, what they get for ordering these things. You will get a custom message, not only from... Me, but from the schmo himself, yes, we are going to write it by hand. That's right. We oh, will... it, except should I write it for you? Because your handwriting, I mean, I love you, David, but it's... Uh, it's chicken scratch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you don't use it, you lose it. This digital world, we're typing, I get the thumb workouts from texting all the time. I'm not writing as much, but uh, I I'll give them my John Hancock, I, or the I Schmoes John Hancock. We'll do something for those first 100 people that order. We'll so make it special. We'll make it special. The merch is only beginning. Let's get Schmo Zone Nation going, and we'll build this thing up. And I'm stoked for today's guest and for today's podcast. He's not here right now, and that's because he's coming from a meeting with the boss man, Dana White. Fresh off the meeting. Fresh off the meeting. He's coming right here to studio. Good thing we're down the street. We're not too far from the UFC headquarters. But we have agent, MMA agent, Markel Martin coming on the podcast. Yes. And you're asked, who the hell is Markel Martin? Well, you better get accustomed to that name because he represents GSP, Kevin Lee, and an important figure that I'm about to bring up, Francis Ninganu. Yep. So, among others, among others. He represents other people. I just want to name drop those three in particular. Yeah, and to piggyback off Francis Ngannou, obviously huge heavyweight trilogy that went down this past weekend, UFC 252, went down at the apex. Curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, I always said, and I thought felt this way going into the first match in 2018, DC versus Stipe. 
two of the best, two of the all-time greats. I always felt that Stipe was the better overall fighter. I felt like his stand-up was better. The wrestling, yeah, you can give to DC, but Stipe has a wrestling background as well. I just thought that Stipe, the craftiness, the way he's been able to overcome obstacles— Man, the amazing feat he's had, the legends he's brought down in the heavyweight division in D.C. Yes, he's been a heavyweight, but he has not been a heavyweight in the UFC until fighting Stipe. I thought it'd be too much to overcome. The first match, he clipped him. He got him good. He studied hard. D.C., that is, over Stipe. The second match, the adjustments and the championship rounds Stipe had. I had the edge going into Stipe. Slight edge, you could call 50-50. We both talked about maybe a 51-49 edge to Stipe. I'm not shocked at the results. I'm not shocked that it went uh, five rounds. It went the distance. Um, I'm happy both these guys came out relatively healthy. It looks like both of them have some eye issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's not new. Hopefully DC's eye is okay. I hope so. I really do. Um, and of course, Stipe's Stipe's eye. Stipe's too. Stipe's eye was poked yeah. in the first round, but uh, it's not tick for tat. It's not a situation like that. It's two really competitive guys that are the best of their crafts at the highest level with everything on the line. Everyone talked about the winner of this fight, greatest heavyweight of all time. No questions left behind. Now, the big question is, though, and I'm going to save the Francis stuff for when Markel comes in studio, but do you think that really was DC's last fight? <sighs> I think that he can be lured with money. I think it's his last fight in the UFC. I think he's got a very, very big broadcast career in front of him. He's, you've already well, seen yeah, it. He's got detail, ESPN+. Plus. He's got... He's great he's, at he's it. He's like the A guy. He's with Joe Rogan and Dominic Cruz and John Anik. I mean, he's the A guy when it comes to uh, being that MMA athlete on these broadcasts for pay-per-views and big fights. Um, he's got a huge career in front of him. I think that there could be like a celebrity-type matchup. Never say never anymore. Mike Tyson's fighting in celebrity his 50s. matchup. Roy Jones Jr., like a, a celebrity-style matchup. Like yeah. DC comes back in his 50s to fight John Jones. <laughs> like a Chuck Liddell Tito 3-type thing. I think he can be lured in with the money's right to like a celebrity one-off thing. Maybe in Saudi Arabia you get the big like crossover-type fights like they do with boxing, so MMA. So you think he's done competing in the UFC octagon. Though. I think he's done competing for the highest level for the legacy type fights. Yes. Okay. I think he's done in the UFC octagon. I think he can be lured into like a celebrity type fight five, 10, 15 years down the line. So it's hard to consider that the same thing. Okay. I I see where you're coming from. You mentioned John Jones again. I don't want to say too much. I'll just wait until Markel comes here yeah. about the heavyweight division, but in that co-main event, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he was on our podcast last week. He fought Cheeto Vera. I don't want to jinx anything here because that's now twice the two most recent fighters have come on. Edmund Shabazian and then uh, Sean O'Malley. But I guess Sean's come on three times. He's two and one yeah. now coming on the podcast. We're not doing that. We're not saying that. No, You're giving me this look like no, we're what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you, that's what you told me behind the scenes. No. You're like, wait, what? No, they no, came no, out? no. Listen. No, look, everything's like, it's a... Uh, he he got hit. This injury that he sustained, it's not the first time it's happened in the UFC octagon. Michael Chandler, it happened to him against Brent Primus. Um, it's happened to other fighters. I think Henry Cejudo dealt with this type of issue against Demetrius Johnson, I think the first time. Um, point being is that it's not... An uncommon thing. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens periodically. And um, it was too much to overcome. It definitely was part of the fight. You can't take anything away from Cheeto Vera. 
I just hope Cheeto can capitalize on this name and he can continue to grow his brand and we could see what he does in the damage. But if anyone thinks that the Sugar Show is done, is derailed, is anything, they are completely mistaken. Hey, if Sean O'Malley was meant to lose this fight, I think he lost in a great way. In the sense that, look, you didn't get to see him in his full capacity once that leg was compromised. Um, The Sugar Show's got so much left in store. And I've been even seeing how people are saying, what about a rematch? I think it's possible down the line. Or later down the line. I think later down the line, I think both of these guys should be fighting other opponents. Cheeto Vera, rightfully so, climb up the ranks, get in that top 10, uh, do what you got to do. Sean O'Malley, still top 15 fighter. Give him top Mm -hmm. 15 caliber fights. Maybe it's one, two, three, four fights down the line, but I definitely want to see these guys again at some point, and I think we will. I know Cheeto is in the rankings now number 14, and Sean O'Malley dropped out of the rankings. I think Sean was ranked 14 going yeah. into the fight, so, so it only makes sense swapped. that they yeah. swap places. And I know Cheeto was probably flirting with the top 15 if he was mm-hmm. just out of it, so it's not like Sean O'Malley's c- fallen from a cliff here. No, not at all. No, Come but on, he's every, young. Everybody wants to kick a dog when it's down. I know. Everybody it's, wants it's to do sad. that. It's, it's part of human society in this in this sick world and twisted yeah, well, we live in. Just like the other day when we were driving on the freeway, and there was that big car accident, and then everyone stops and looks, but no one's trying to help or anything. But that kind of goes into what you're saying, where everyone just likes to look at, you know, failure or just drama. Everybody does, and and we can both piggyback off of that. Nobody gave us the time in the day until they yeah. saw that we have numbers, that we have an audience, that people actually tune in to listen to what we have to say. Do you know how many people that actually saw the Schmo character, like? In action, interviewing not just MMA fighters, but NFL superstars, T-O. T- T- NBA talent, exactly, Hall of Famers, coaches, uh, every major sport. But nobody gave a crap, especially the big networks, because uh, I'm doing it my way, baby. Exactly. That's how it should be done. And especially in this era, just like I, I've mentioned before how I started my show initially my radio show with a co-host and then he quit on me and then the other co-host said I sucked which was probably true at the time but I just have that mentality where if I suck I just want to be better and I want to try to improve but circling back to the Bantamweight division just because uh this weekend Frankie Edgar Pedro Munoz will be at the fights inside the apex and they're fighting in the main event big fight but um and I do want to say this too. Um, the Schmo got to interview Dana White. H- Helen, you were right there. Yes. Obviously, you filmed it. We were right in front of the octagon. And I got kind of a lay of the land from questions from Dana. And that's why I f- feel like the character is so effective. It's because I could ask a lot of hard pressing questions in an efficient, quick, and, you know, kind of fun manner. Like that's not pressing him, that's not confrontational, that can really open up and be at ease. And I did ask him about this fight, Pedro Munoz and mm-hmm. Frankie Edgar, if it would have any implications on who would be fighting Peter Jan for the Bantamweight Championship because I still find it completely astounding. Astounding. Especially because there are fights in the Bantamweight division is kind of shaping out. Marlon Marais has a fight, the people at the top of the heat. Yes. How come Aljamain Sterling has not been announced yet to be we fighting We interviewed him? him last week as well. We interviewed him as well. And uh, it makes no sense to me that Aljamain Sterling isn't fighting Peter Yan for the Bantamweight Championship, a date announced. I think it will end up happening, and it will happen in December. It will happen mm-hmm. here in 2020. But 
I'm just surprised well, no deal's done yet. And it's probably getting done right now as we say this. True. But we were in Fight Island. Isn't that when you asked uh, Pewter after his win in the post-fight press conference about Aljamain, right? I did. I asked him who's most deserving, body of work and everything. And without hesitation, he said it was Aljamain Sterling in his accent. Great. Yeah. He's great at English. Better at English than I can speak his language, that's for sure. Yeah, hey, it's all good. So I, I so obviously the winner of the Frankie Pedro fight is not mm-hmm. fighting for the title, but they're right there. They're right in the thick thick of things. And uh always excited to see Frankie Edgar, a legend, a future Hall of Famer exactly. in the sport, fighting now at Bantamweight when he's fought so many great wars at Featherweight. Yeah, and I'm just kind of looking at the top fifteen rankings. And then now we have Cody Garbrandt, of course, dropping down to flyweight to fight Davis and Figueredo for that title. Yeah, that's going to be good, too. So um, since we're all just talking about fights here, we might as well bring it up, too. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SCHMOZONE. They will match up to 50% of what you deposit of up to $1,000. You bet $200, there's $400 that you can win there. Place some bets this entire month this entire rest of the year is absolutely loaded and you can count on both helen and i or the schmo to be interviewing the best names in the sport and to be getting some great reaction she's laughing at me because uh (laughs) no but it's true inside jokes inside jokes but it's true we will we we are gonna talk to these people so it's uh, we're gonna find out whatever information you want so there yeah. we go. One last thing I just want to point out for the bantamweight is Marab. The machine. Yeah. La machina. So he's ranked number 12 now. People need to recognize Marab Devalashevi. Devalashevi. I will probably mispronounce that name a million times. And even in characters, the Shmo, I will. But he is a threat. His cardio is the best. Is might be the best in all of MMA Remember right now. Remember when we interviewed Al I Quinta a few months? It was a few months back, a few months and ago. then they were telling us when they went to Red Rock how freaking fast we saw the video. Saw it's videos. true. So here's the deal. Here's the the, the band. It was when Aljamain Sterling was actually here. Yeah, and he, UFC two fifty, and he and he beat uh, Corey Sandhagen. Yes, it was the week before, and Marab, his training partner, was here. They all and Al I Quinta with the Ben Askren hairstyle. They were all here, and they all went to Red Rock, and they all went on a hike, and it was 12 o'clock, and it was in the afternoon, and literally, this guy, Marab, is sprinting up the mountains, rock cardio for days, and he's just an absolute beast, and uh, that's all we have to say about Marab Devalashivi, and uh, I screwed up his name again, but uh, I'm not going to waste any more time, because he is now here in the flesh. We brought him up at the beginning of the show. Come take a seat. Put your headphones on. What's going on? He's guys? the man. Markel Martin, fresh from the UFC, fresh from an interview, not an What's interview, that? a meeting, an important meeting with the boss man, Dana White. Thanks for stopping into the schmo zone, my man. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry I'm a little bit late, but no, no worries at all. When you're in with the boss man, you know, sometimes you got to just stay there. You know, you're on his time. Priority, right, exactly. So, a couple things. You can put those on if okay. you want. Totally up to you. You can hear us either way. Anytime you want to address the camera, look at number three. That will be focused on your got beautiful it. face. Got and it, uh, you talk right through it, not on top oh, of am it. am I? Good? Oh, through yeah. it. Through it. Through it. There through we it. go. Perfect. Yeah, man, you're great. Good to like see you. I the setup you guys got here. I appreciate oh, it. Thanks. All right, <laughs> you guys are doing all right for yourselves. Look at that. <laughs> I'd like to we're, see it. We're, we're hustling, man. Yeah. You know it. Thanks for having me. 
No, of course. I appreciate you stopping by, especially I know you have like a day trip here flying in from L.A. because, uh, you know, I know you're here just for the schmo zone and the boss man was an afterthought, right? Right, but, of uh, course, of course. <laughs> no, Nat- just naturally. Naturally, but uh, a lot to discuss with you, but we might as well just start fresh off of everything. Uh, so what was uh, your purpose of going over to meet with Dana White earlier? Well, uh, I think it's no surprise, right, um, that we just finished watching, you know, probably one of the greatest heavyweight fights uh, in UFC history with uh, Cormier and, and Stipe. Stipe came out victorious, and, you know, uh, one of my guys, Francis Ngannou, if you heard of him, you know, he's, he's you know, been doing okay for himself. You know, four, four fights in a row, um, you know, w- winning by first-round knockout. You know, we're definitely at a position where we feel that he's deserving of the next title shot uh, against Stipe. So that was the, the main, uh, w- one, of, one of the reasons why I went to go talk to Mr. Dana White, you know. And how did those conversations go? Well, um, I can't share everything, okay. you know, I, out of just re- respect for Dana. You know, I always allow people, I want Dana to be in the room to, you know, to Fair. kind of defend himself. But it was a very, very... Uh, good productive conversation um i i think you know the ufc has has got some plans um for you know the future of the division um you know they're they're, they're going to take their time so there's no you know immediate announcements there's no you know real confirmations outside of francis's next but when can we expect to see francis return um Shoot, that's a question for 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 Dana and and the UFC brass, right? Hunter and and Mick Maynard and those guys. But um, I would love to see Francis um, fight Stipe, probably the last pay per view of of this year. You know, I think that would be a nice um, kind of capstone to the year. I feel like it's it's been such a crazy year, and and what better way to kind of send it off with Francis raising his hand with the belt. Well, I think uh, just just to clarify, Francis is still currently in Cameroon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's he's been in Cameroon for for about a month, um, but he'll be back in Vegas where where he resides uh, sometime early September. Early September. Month, yeah. Get right back at it with Get Extreme right Couture, Dewey Cooper, and those guys yeah, as yeah. well. So. Um, so I do want to mention too. Uh, last week, the schmo interviewed uh, Dana White, and he definitely, like you mentioned, one hundred percent confirmed that Francis is next in line for the title shot. And uh, to piggyback off of that, if we look at the different trends, Stipe, because of the eye injury and the wars he's been in D.C. the past couple of years, he's only been fighting, we've noticed, like kind of once a year. So if December, like the timeline that you want, doesn't happen, the question is how long is he willing to wait out to get that fight against Stipe for the belt? Uh, Francis? Yes. Shoot. Uh, we're not trying to wait too long. You know, uh, I think, you know, granted, Stipe had valid reasons as to why he couldn't fight. I know he had eye surgery and then he had the pandemic. So I, I, I won't say, you know, he's just actively trying to just say, no, I'm just fighting once once a year. Um, that that would be kind of crazy as as a champion, as as great as he is. And we all know. Um, so. I, I understand that he's going to take his time, heal up, spend time with his family, all good. Um, but I think it's well within reason for him to come back and fight, you know, in, in December. But again, that's between his, him and, and his team with the UFC has planned. But I think to answer your question, I think Francis isn't trying to wait too long. He's been ready after 
every one of his last fights. Oh, yeah, because he's not, yeah, yeah, he's not taking too much damage. Especially right? the past four. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not going. With. Right, right. Um, so you know, we we've we're constantly hounding the UFC, like, hey, put us back in there, put us back in there. But we trust their timing. You know, um, all all good things happen for a reason. Um, I'm I'm super impressed with just his work ethic in in the off time. You know, Francis. I mean, Eric Nixick, Dewey Cooper, and those guys at, at Extreme are just next level. Uh, and I got to uh, give give respect where, where it's due um, because Francis stays ready. It, it's, it's crazy. Like, if it were me, I would <laughs> I would take some time off. But uh, that dude's steady grinding. Yeah, he's hungry for that belt. How, how could you not be? Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, he, he's, he's after, and this is what was so crazy. Um, he fought for the title what in January of 2017 in, yeah. in Boston. Lost to Stipe. Granted, you know Stipe was was on that night by far the better fighter. Since then, Francis has put his head down, uh, accepted that defeat. Right, he had he had the laps. I would I would call it against Derek Lewis. Lost that fight, and then I remember when I signed him, I, I said, "Look, you know we got to put our heads down, and you specifically, and just go to work." Right in the gym, mentally, physically, you know, whatever you got to do, because the next time that you fight for the title, and believe me, you will, you're going to be more than prepared to win. And people may say, oh, he lost to Stipe before. That was three years ago on a, on a, a, a crazy rise to the top that Francis had. Francis has not been in this MMA game for that long. You know, people like have a short memory in this MMA world, for some reason, and I get it, but once he comes back, you guys are going to see a different Francis. So when did you sign him? Uh, I signed, I was trying to sign Francis, man, the minute, I, I'll tell you guys my, my kind of backstory in a minute, but I signed Francis, for, I think, shortly after the, the Derek Lewis fight. However, I had been um, trying to build that relationship with him for well over a year prior to that. I think like the first month he moved to Vegas is when I, I met him. In person, excellent. Um, and we're gonna get all into your background because yeah. there's some things I want our audience to hear about your yeah. background too, and those relationships there. But I can't help but not bring up the fact that John Jones has been active on Twitter, on mm -hmm. social media about moving up to heavyweight and about that fight. And I think timing-wise, the fight maybe with Francis or anywhere for him in the equation was a few months ago, but I'm very curious to hear the positioning and where that stands now with John Jones coming to the equation and uh, giving up essentially his light heavyweight championship and letting that go um, to yes. a, the next person in line. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised about that. I don't know if, if media had you know caught wind of that before he, he kind of made that or had any kind of inclination but um, I, I was surprised that he that he vacated, you know, and he expressed he's been expressing for a while that he's he wants to move up to heavyweight. You know, um, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I try to look at it from an agent standpoint. Right. And then I also just like as a fan, as a fan, like I'm, I'm a fan of John Jones. He, he's one of the best to ever do it. Obviously, um, I think the timing for him you know, you know, he, he announced that he's, he's ready. I, I, I see the games, you know, the Twitter games that, that people play, these fighters play, and, and, and fair play to them. But I think he's just going to have to just be patient, man, <laughs> like, you know. And I, I, stylistically, as a fan, I would say 
him versus Stipe is a better fight for him than Francis. If I was John Jones, I'm fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not. I don't think. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? Let's be fully transparent. Like, not a lot of people want to fight Francis. That's just facts. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, but speaking of stylistically, though, because that trilogy just happened, DC and Stipe, mm -hmm. who do you think would have been a tougher matchup for Francis? DC or Stipe rematch, of course? Um, Great. Great question. I would say a tougher matchup out of DC and 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 Stipe. I I would say probably probably Stipe um, because you know again Stipe has had his number and then um, you know with 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 DC although I mean dude is uh, again another one of the goats. Yeah, I I just don't know if he's ready to take that power. I think the height, you know, I mean the 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 strength um, is just a different beast the speed you know um but i would say stipe i want to close the john jones conversation because the one point i wanted to bring in there is he made this announcement he has his legacy dana refers to him as the goat yeah and if the timing doesn't work out with stipe because what surprised me in this conversation this week as everyone's talking about this could be dc's last fight dc's last fight I was thinking the other side of the, the equation. Could this be Stipe's last fight? What does he have left to worry about? I thought so, the same. So, so you think mm -hmm. the same. So is it possible? Because it wouldn't be worth it for John Jones to take any fight that's not a title fight in a right. way. Would it be possible to either have an interim fight if the timing's not right with Stipe? Hmm. It's an interim UFC championship fight between Francis Ngannou and John Jones. That That's in favor of, of John Jones for, for the interim but it's not necessarily in favor of us. You know what I mean? We we want the belt. From our standpoint, like we want the belt, we want the real belt. No no diss to to the interim or whatever there's it, it's a time and a place for an interim. But make no mistake like we're coming after the real title, like uh, undisputed, right? Like I don't want anyone saying like, "Ah, no, that's no." Francis is about to earn every bit of the success that's coming his way. So we're closing any chapter on any potential interim. It's 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 title or nothing. Yeah, it's title or nothing for us. Fair put. Fair <laughs> and I know Francis, uh, when we spoke, I believe back in January, he mentioned, of course, his love for boxing as well. Yeah. Are there any updates with that? Is that still something he also is trying to pursue? Because I, I know how much he likes boxing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's no updates in terms of like, hey, mm -hmm. boxing announcements or anything like that. Um, that is ha and has been a long time aspiration of Francis's. Like many people don't know that when he, his the dude story is incredible. I, I won't tell it all. But when he left Africa, right, in his, in his early 20s, to travel to Paris, it was on the dream of becoming a boxer, not an MMA fighter. You know what I mean? He he had that, but because he he was poor and had no money, and he jumped in a tournament, an MMA tournament, and won, right? And and won some cash. He said, "Shoot, I like this. I can send. You know, I can uh, help out my family. You know, I I can I can help out myself a little bit." And that's how the rise of Francis Ngannou in MMA took off. That's what started. But, Crazy. Yeah, but, you know, a boxing for sure will be in Francis's future. You know, if, if, if we have anything to say with it, and, and obviously, you know, uh, we, we trust UFC, we trust Dana um, with, with their knowledge. Again, I mean, call it what it is, what you want to say about Dana. 
you know, I, I worked for the man before and I see him, but there, there shouldn't be much of an argument on the level of foresight that they have when it comes to this sport and this space in the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, like the proof is, is it is what it is like. Yeah. So, so let's spin this back to you. You mm -hmm. just brought it up. You used to work for the man. You used to work for the UFC before you started working with CAA mm -hmm. as a agent for MMA yeah. fighters and the That's combat right. sports division. Biggest agency in the world. Shout out CAA. It's a beautiful building. <laughs> I live not far from there uh, back in my day, right. in my 20s in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's go back to your background, man. How did you make the transition? What was it like working for there? Because you have both perspectives. Right. You have the inside perspective and obviously the outside perspective. So it gives you a unique perspective to make decisions going forward. Yeah, if, if not for that unique perspective, right, having worked as an employee at UFC, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to, to sign the, the, the type of clients or understand the business the, the way that I do. Um, I don't I don't claim to be Mr. MMA professional. I didn't grow up in, in the gym. You know, what I mean, I, I trained a little bit here and there and, and did some jujitsu Muay Thai. But, you know, that's because I worked at UFC. Right. Um, so I'll give you kind of my 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 quick background. Right. I grew up playing football and, and running track. I went to um, UNLV, Las Vegas to play football. Right. I had five surgeries. So that kind of you know, dream aspirations kind of kind of stopped there of, of of going pro and playing in the NFL. I was getting um I was finishing up my my uh, graduate degree, uh, my master's in sports management, and I was working at Nordstrom as a personal stylist. And an executive by the name of Mike Mossholder show was one of my clients at Nordstrom. And I asked him, I said, "Hey, man, um, you know, if if." <laughs> I, this is how I asked him. I said, if you don't mind me asking, how do you make your money? I'm very inquisitive. I like to ask a lot of questions. I'm like, how, how, you know, how, what do you do? He's like, oh, I make the UFC money. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, I do sponsorships and, and, and this. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm finishing up my master's in sports management. Can I, can I apply for an internship? Long story short, I went into uh, the office at UFC, the old office, not the new one that you guys see now, like, you know, by by in and out. Um, um, by power station. Yes. Yeah. We were just yeah. talking about that yeah. last night. We're yeah. bringing that up. Yeah. So I'm I'm part of the old regime of UFC family, where it's just 300 employees, right? And I went in there uh, to get an internship. I told him my story. Told him what I want to do. I'm very like aspirational and entrepreneurial. He was like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm not going to give you um, the internship. We're, we're actually going to open up uh, a new position, a sales role in the sponsorship team, and I'd like you to apply for that. So I ended up getting a full-time role with UFC. So I was at UFC from 2011 to 2016, right? My, my time where there was incredible. I, I, you know, obviously met Dana because it's, it's, it's a, like a family down there, you know? Something ironic, though, yeah. you were working at Nordstrom's as an associate. You're styling people. Yeah, <laughs> tell me the story because we talked about this months ago. About yeah. Dana White bought you that that suit, yes. your first suit. And by the way, the Bachelor, because you are also a TV <laughs> reality TV star because you were on the Bachelorette. Me. No, you're yeah. on the Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did I miss this? How did right, I bring right. this up? Now? See, see, that's gonna destroy. I don't. I don't even have <laughs> MMA like, no. street cred, but that's gonna destroy any little bit of MMA street cred. <laughs> You represent the Thanks. scariest Thanks. guy yeah. in the yeah. game, yeah, exactly. man. Come on. Exactly. And GSP. Right, right. <laughs> um, so 
I'll give you the quick story on that. So in my time, I think it was like my first or uh, second year working at the UFC, I get a random phone call from The Bachelorette. I didn't know what they were. I knew of the show from... from so you never applied? No. Oh. No, no, I never... Oh, that's how no, that works. They find you. No, no, no. Yeah, they found me. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about this before. I I once met in a when I was in L.A., Newport Beach, I got approached by that producer, the same one she gave me her card. I wouldn't do it. But you, you did. Go. So so I had the same reaction, right? But I'm <laughs> gonna give you the full story. So I get a I'm I'm in the office at UFC. I'm 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 working and I get a, a phone call and they're like, Hey, this is NZK Productions. I'm like, What? And they're like, Yeah, we got your application, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, No, you guys got the wrong number, like click, right? And then I think they send me an email or something like that, and they call back. Yeah, in, in the interim, I, uh my office mate was like, Who was that? I was like, they said there was a, the Bachelorette, and she was a huge Bachelorette fan. Like, I knew of it, but I never watched it. And uh, she was like, call them back, call them back, answer, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I have another phone call with them. They say, hey, we're in Vegas. Can you come meet uh, down at this hotel? So it was kind of, like, sketchy, but she was like, you got to go. So I was like, all right, fine. Like, I'm getting off work. So I went to this hotel. They asked me about my past relationships, and I remember telling them, I'm like, yeah, well, um, there's not too many black people on the show, right? So I probably won't get picked anyway. And you guys do this tour all around the nation. Like, this is true. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of like laughed it off. They're like, no, we got a good feeling about you. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go back the next day to work, right, after having this. Um, no, actually, a couple weeks go by. They send me application stuff. And I'm downstairs because at UFC, they used to have a gym downstairs where we'd work out and Dana and... Craig Brassard and, and a lot of the, the execs would be down there. And so I was always just like on a high buy basis to, you know, Dana, right? Just, you know, everyone in the gym. And so I went up to Dana. I said, hey, Dana, uh, the Bachelorette called me and they may ask me to be on this show. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the Bachelorette called me. And he starts like laughing at me, right? Just like he started to clown me a little bit. And I was just I just wanted you to know first because I'm not trying to like lose my job over this show. He was like, bro, like, have fun, enjoy your life, because I was 25, 26 at the time, and he was like, your job will be here when you get back. So the suit story came by, because the Bachelorette, if you guys haven't seen the Bachelorette, they asked for, you know, uh, you to be prepped with suits for the rose ceremony. And, you know what I mean, I, I, <laughs> I never owned a suit up to that day. And I and I told the lady, I'm like, hey, I, I know how to dress, but I don't own the suit. I'll just I'll just try to look presentable. And she was like, Oh, can you go buy a suit at JCPenney? I'm like, nah, that's not my, my style. I'm not buying no, <laughs> no damn suit at JCPenney. Um, so he calls me. I'm on my lunch break. I get a call. It's actually from my boss's office. And it's Dana. So my heart dropped. I'm like, oh my God, I must be in trouble. He's like, hey, Markel, what's up? I'm like, what's going on, Dana? Everything straight? And he's like, yeah, I heard that you don't own a suit. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's all it, it's all good. He was like, no, nah, forget that. Like, come to my office tomorrow, set it up with my assistant. I'm 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 getting you a suit made. He flew David August. If you guys know, David August is uh, like you know, but David August is one of the the biggest kind of suit guys in in the game. I guess you can say. He's the guy who also has a deal with Conor McGregor. Conor's, all of Conor's suits and line is from David August. So fun fact that I like to brag about just to myself 
is I had a David August suit before Conor McGregor. You heard that, Conor. <laughs> so, um, facts, facts are facts. And that's so, how I brag about Joanna Elba, who styles all the NBA stars, the okay. Anthony Davises, the Russell Breastfooks, ah. Magic Johnson. She made the first custom schmo suit before everybody. No way. But it's not David August before da- McGregor. Yeah. So you got that. <laughs> right. So, so David August flew out, and I was in Dana's office getting fitted for a custom made suit. And when I, t- I still have the video to this day because when I went to go pick up the suits in Orange County, I, I, I had to send Dana a, a thank you video. Because that's a, a side of Dana that people don't see that I know because having worked there, I was just probably, you know, 16 months into the job and this dude bought me two custom-made suits and not only suits, but shoes and everything. Like it was basically, it, it was incredible. You know what I mean? Nothing that, and these are expensive suits. And he hates wearing suits himself too, so I'm sure he could understand <laughs> yeah, he don't you. Wear a suit, right. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of sides to the boss man that the media and the general public just doesn't get to see. Yeah. Um, but the people that work for him, they they feel loyal to a T for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So so going back to like me, you know, being on both sides, like granted, you know, I, I see the other side of Dana, right? Like he's he he's a savage when it comes to business. And I mean and I mean that in a respectful way because he's been in the game for so long right yeah. it's one thing working at ufc right it's, and it's different than being on the other side of ufc and understanding the business so i i i respect the hell out of dana and and, and those guys um it's an interesting position but like i was part of the layoffs right um you know uh back in yeah when the company got sold from wme the four billion dollar deal right there's you know, obviously because of, of the acquisition and redundancies, you know, it, it happens, right? It's, it's natural in, in kind of the corporate world. And I was one of those affected. So I, and a week later I had heart surgery. So I was just like wow, down on my my luck. I, I was I was praying, man, just like I, I had no job. Then I had heart surgery. Um, yeah, seven days later, October 18th was the day. Um, and October 25th, I had heart surgery, 2016. And then I was healing up from my heart surgery. And then, uh, you know, I was saying all these affirmations and stuff. And then two months later, I think it was, I got a call from CIA. I had no idea who CIA was. And they were like, hey, we heard about you because one of my colleagues dropped my name to them. Right? So it's crazy how the universe kind of works. And, like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Because, again, i I just been playing sports all my life. So UFC was my first job out of college. And because UFC at the time was the only sport in Vegas. Now you got hockey and, you know, all these other sports, soccer and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just a different animal now. But that's how I became an MMA agent, I guess you can say. Did that same colleague uh, apply for the bachelorette for you? No, so okay. the bachelorette thing. See, Helen, I'm, you I'm see sorry. how I tried to slide out of the bachelorette? Yeah, she had <laughs> to bring that up there. Yeah, yeah. No, no I, um, I'm just curious. Like, who, who yeah, did? My, how does that happen? My, 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 my best friend. She anonymously submitted my oh, application. Got it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, because because I lived in Vegas for 12 years, and you know, I was living the college lifestyle, like yeah. you know, single guy thinking I'm cool and <laughs> making money and stuff like that. She was like, "No, you should try something different." No. And she was a fan, and and you're one of the most popular like bachelor people from <laughs> from what i've read and also i've seen what you've done on who wants to be a millionaire 
Oh yeah, that was because of the 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 show. That was cool. You know, I did I did win with the chicken. Like which? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? You say you didn't yeah, see that asked, chicken. I was up? on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, like the Bachelorette edition. So they asked me to come on. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I thought I was, you know, having a chance to win win some money, right? Based on my my knowledge, but you know, it was for charity, which was even better, right? It was for uh, dang, I, for, I oh, uh, Make a Wish. Make-A-Wish Foundation of, of Las Vegas. And uh, one of the questions were like, what is the highest, you know, amount of, you know, food product that's sold in the U.S. or something? It was like yeah, salmon, chicken. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I almost I, got the question wrong, but I got it right. Turkey. And then I ended the show by saying, you know, I'm just going to walk away with the money. I think it was $30,000 that got donated wow. to uh, Make-A-Wish. Round of applause for that. Good job. I'm educated, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I can I can I can school you in some trivia. It's a sweet uh, Prince T-shirt you got on there too, oh, by the thanks. way. You have to I mean? acknowledge that. I, I appreciate it, man, because you know he's that, that's one of the goats. Um, I wore this. I got this in Minnesota when he when Francis fought JDS. Uh, I went to um, Paisley Park. Yeah, yeah, because Prince is one of my childhood favorites. Purple and Rain is one of my favorite movies. That's when JDS was singing JD Purple J Rain to you. Yeah, JDS sang Purple no, Rain. Yeah, yes, he was in a jolly yeah. mood <laughs> up until that fight, <laughs> yeah. until that knockout. I mean, to, I mean, that was uh, yeah, Francis made him look good. Mm. He did. Um, so let's go from one go to another yep. uh, because we'll, we'll circle back to it. Sure. But uh, I asked Dana this question because mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by it. Habib Narmagomedov. Yeah, it's no secret that he wants to fight GSP if he gets to Justin Gaethje, you know, and and go out go out at thirty. You know, that's the dream, right? And his last fight be against GSP, and GSP's obviously retired, but you know, there's been some toying back and forth. Mm -hmm. Would he fight? Would he fight him? Um, Dana doesn't want to see a catchweight. He right. wants this fight, yeah. and they yeah, talked about sure. one fifty five. Let me ask you this. Has this conversation occurred, and has it occurred about fighting him at 155, a GSP vs. Habib conversation? Um, <laughs> I can neither confirm confirm nor deny that. However, um, you know, I I think all parties have some level of interest, right? We we, we represent GSP. Um, you know, GSP is retired, and. You know, he he made that decision. He he wanted a break. He said it himself. He doesn't really like that anxiety and, and, and the fight business. But, you know, he's also such a true martial artist that I don't think that competitive nature will ever leave him re regardless. Like some people are just built that way. And he's definitely that way. I remember uh, being we, we did some appearance with, with G and he was like, Edge schooling me on like intermittent fasting. Have you guys seen the recent picture of him? Like how fit? How yeah. Fit? Oh, I know him and I, I've I've had dinner with him. So yeah. he he him and Faraz with uh, okay, the yeah. Tim Tam power massager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so, the first oh one you rolled with, right? Yeah, he he's he's one of the first, uh, not the first one, but GSB. Uh, he's being the crap out of me at the you at the Enzo at the Enzo Gracie in New okay. York City. Um, yeah, there's footage. There's footage. Um. But uh, yeah, he was—he did not have any food that entire day. I was shocked. I'm like, hey, at least I'm not uh, doing this on an empty stomach. Not that I had a chance, but hey, yeah. uh, I w he was talking to me about this. Him and Frost. Frost might be the most knowledgeable mind. Oh, in he's the, a wizard. The, he is a freaking yeah, yeah. wizard. Yeah. But yeah, he. What I can second what you're saying about that intermittent <laughs> yeah. fasting stuff. Yeah, G, G is um, a, a, again just a true martial artist and. You know, like just an obsessed kind of like athlete. Like everything he do, he does, 
is like methodical and like precise and like that's why he's so good and you and and you're around him and i'm sure you you experienced that like he just he just wired differently from a standpoint of like this is one of the greatest athletes ever not because he was just overly gifted naturally more so than anyone else but because he worked and dedicated his life to his craft so i'm confident and i'm hoping as a fan right i have my fan hat on is like i'm hoping to see that fight with habib and and and, and george i think That'll do crazy numbers. Let me rephrase this question. Mm -hmm. If this fight happens, mm -hmm. does it happen at 155? Um again, that's that's a UFC call. Uh I think I think I think G knowing the way he is, he can do that. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 a function of right. If you're asking me that question, I, I would say, Gosh, one one fifty five. Like, yeah, catch weight sounds sounds cool, but I know Dana's stance on the catch weight. Um, one fifty five. Can you do it? You know, G for arguably the greatest fight ever in history, and G is that much of a, a gamer to be like, yep, I'll do it. What a way! What but, a way to start the one sixty five pound schmo division. Get yeah. the get the fight for the goat. Hey, fight man. for the goat. You Call know, it the at, goat fight. At, 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 as a fan. I want to see it as, you know, part part of his representation team. He's retired. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's fair. Well, someone else that he also trains with, I know mm. Rory McDonald, and you also represent yep. him. He signed yep. with the PFL back yep. in December. Love that dude, yeah. Yeah, is there yeah. any update about, you know, his status with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Rory's great, man. Um, he, he, he's, he's such a great dude and, and awesome father and, and husband. Like, I love his family dynamic. I'm sure, like, you guys see him on, on social media there. They're, like, probably one of the best-looking families in all of mixed martial arts. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Their kids are cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the update with, with, with uh, PFL, last, last we talked to, uh, you know, Pete Murray, the, the, the CEO, you know, we had a, a great conversation you know they're they're good. You know um, they I I feel like they position themselves to where they can make it through this pandemic. You know what I mean um, the the fighters are, are are compensated. You know there's I, I'm not here to argue kind of kind of what that is, but uh, they plan on picking back up their season uh, in April or May or whenever their regular season is like because they have a format right. It's different than what a UFC and and all these other promotions do. So they they planned and prepared. And I'll give them credit for that uh, to stick to their kind of regular their format, you know. So that's what we're waiting on is kind of the announcement um, of of kind of who he'll be fighting because Rory's coming in to you know do work. Like people think Rory's kind of old because he's been in the sport for so long, but this dude is young. You know what I mean? He's younger than me. So let me ask you this. Go back to that because it wasn't that long ago. It was within the past year, I believe, that yeah. deal was was uh, brokered. Uh, what was the motivation behind it? Was it the level of competition? Was it a money situation? Because now we're seeing uh, a highly sought-after guy and Michael Chandler in a very similar position where you're yeah. a free agent. Uh, what what was the decision-making process like when you're working with Rory to go to the PFL? Yeah, I think the decision process was, was, was competition. I think... You know, uh, Rory has, in a lot of ways, been kind of a, a trendsetter in mixed martial arts, right? He went to UFC, you know, he, he did his thing there, and it wasn't like a, a bad split or whatever, but he wanted more, more uh, again, a different, 
uh, set of competition where where Bellator, of course, naturally, right? He, he he's compensated and 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 things of that, but more so, if you look at Rory's fights and the way he fights, he's again like I, I like to use the word he's a savage, he's a beast when it when it, when it comes to this this fight game. And you know, shout out for Rasta Hobby and those guys over at TriStar, they kind of breed that mentality. So when that challenge came up, got us Bellator, you know, got got the belt. And then, okay, a new promotion comes up. The timing was was kind of just there, really. It wasn't like an actively like, hey, we're we're trying to leave Bellator and this like like that. But you know, from from a business standpoint, it made sense. Um, and for Rory, from a competition standpoint, it made sense because you can't argue, regardless of hey, you know, the perception of level of talent and skill set and and level of of difficulty. You know, when you ask a person to fight twice in one night, <laughs> you know what I mean, and f fight in a tournament style and be able to make X amount of money, just a different format that Rory was excited about because of the compensation, but also excited about to test can he fight five times in one year? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like we just talked about Stipe fighting once a year for the past three years, right? And Rory is not a a, a, a young, I, not not. I mean, he's a young fighter, but he's not like a new kid on the block. You know what I mean? He's a high level fighter. You know what I mean? That's saying, you know, can you that imagine fight Stipe with fighting Robbie five Lawler. years? Yeah, like incredible. Yeah, Robbie Lawler and 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 that one of the most iconic yeah. fights ever. No doubt about that at all. Um, sorry, just want to yeah. also, uh. Because I know you also represent Khalil Roundtree. Wanted yeah. to see if there's like an yeah. update with my, him my, as well. My, my guy Khalil, he he he's stuck in Thailand. Um, there's there's been um, issues because uh, you know when you leave Thailand, you may not be able to go back. You know, and and, and people that fight out of Tiger, you know, I think they're just recently getting back, or they're stuck in in on on Fight Island for a while. You know, so. Uh, Right now, um, you know, there was an opportunity for him to to fight, but we made we made the decision to like, hey, let's let's make sure things are a little clear, uh, clearer for for his kind of traveling and logistics situation. Because when he went to Thailand, he fell in love with it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like telling someone like, hey, leave your home, and we don't know if you're gonna mm -hmm. get back. You know, so uh, Khalil, he's he's steady training and. Khalil, I got I gotta say, Khalil, man, he's one of the most um creative. Yeah, artistic and creative artistic fighters, fighters out there. Ever. Mm -hmm. This dude can be a movie producer, a, a freaking movie director. Like some guys, you you and, and at least in my opinion, some fighters are just fighters, right? Like some people are just gonna do that, or maybe one uh, a few other things, but this dude can do anything and everything. And he's such an exciting fighter. I think, you know, when Khalil comes back, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be another exciting fight. He's never a boring fight to watch. Ever. So, so realistically, it might make more sense for him to actually fight internationally, like uh, in Abu Dhabi, before he would would fight here in the in Vegas. Well, it, I I don't know how to answer that because it kind of all depends on what Thailand, right? Like what is allowed back in. It's not a function of I, he he would for sure fight in in Vegas. He'll fight in fight fight island, but. What are the guarantees of him being able to re-enter? Because, like, yeah. with the 
Australian fighters, it, they're stuck two week quarantine before yeah, they're they stuck quarantine. But I do know that people that worked out of Tiger Muay Thai, I mean, uh -huh. I think we ran into them, some of the coaching and uh -huh. everything, we yeah. ran into them at Fight Island. That's why I brought that up as the possibility. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, like uh, the Hickman brothers. And, yes, and, the Hickman um, brothers specifically. I forget, I, I forget the other fighters. Um, I know Peter Yan spent some time yeah, yeah, there too. Yeah, yeah, Peter Yan, but. I, some of them didn't come back right after the fight. Right. They had to stay. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know if they're still chilling there and those nice. We'll look into you that. You guys were out there. How was that? It was honestly, I, I felt safer there in many yeah. ways than I feel safer I here. I enjoyed it. We really enjoyed oh, wow. it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, for us, a lot of what we do is one-on-one, uh, -on -one, face to face interviews. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, what we yeah, do. Yeah. We're not big on the Zoom and the conference the we had the Schmo face shield, which, by the way, is also for sale on the Schmozone.com, which we brought up, too. We got the merch plug, launched in, plug. launching today, especially. <laughs> Plugging in. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but we're all tested. We're tested at least seven times. So we know, and everyone in the bubble, there's nobody in this bubble that hasn't been tested. Even the locals that were working there yeah. were quarantined for 14 days. Yeah. We were only quarantined for 48 hours. Plus, oh, before wow. we even got on the airplane, we were COVID tested. Mm -hmm. So we knew we were COVID free before we even traveled there in the first place. Yeah. That's crazy. So they did a very successful bubble, which all yeah. these sports organizations need to learn about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they they, they crushed it. Um, I, I was just um, uh, telling Dan, I was like, man, like I'm super impressed with like how you guys have handled the, you know, there's only a few tests positive. And naturally that's, that's going to happen, right? But like there's other leagues that aren't taking those precautions and, and, and having people, those structures in place. Yeah, they have players sneaking out, right? That's, NBA. I, I don't know how the NFL, <laughs> like, we're, we're covering Raiders or trying to cover the Raiders. Yeah. We're, we're back and forth, but I, I'm with my fantasy football season with all my college buddies, I don't yeah, even know too. what, what yeah. was going on with the NFL season. Um, the one other thing I did want to bring up, too, is because Francis Ngannou is yeah. such a high-level superstar, yeah. and I think his presence... Obviously, you see it with Fast and the Furious. Yeah. It translates to the big screen, the movie screen. Talk about boxing. Obviously, he is what he is in MMA, but some WWE and something that I might as mm. well just propose to you is how do we get the schmo to be like his Paul Bearer or Paul, uh, Paul Heyman? Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. Paul Bearer. Bearer. Oh, it was a Paul Bearer, right? Paul Bearer. Yeah, yeah. With oh, the Undertaker. Undertaker? The Undertaker. Oh, I was thinking Paul How Heyman. can we get the schmo to be that guy <laughs> for Francis Ngannou's WWE debut? You know what? I haven't thought about that, but that, <laughs> now that you say Paul Bearer, that's a pretty good idea. I, I, I don't hate it. For, for sure, because I think, like, yeah, your guys' dynamic, because Francis is kind of introverted. You know what I mean? He's just that physical presence. And with you being by his side, I can kind of see that being a, a pretty interesting combination. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to, we'd have to plan it out, set some meetings. Planting the seed right now for like the right it. time. I like it. I is was, that in his uh, future, too? Oh, what, what, one thousand. Okay, so, so, so I like that this is being, being recorded because... You know, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I just ha have to live with it because I'm going to speak this into existence. Francis is going to be one of the biggest combat sports stars ever. Um, and much to his own doing, right? And he's earned it. He's deserved it. You know, uh, w with respect to all the all the greats before and after him, whatever, he, he's going to get this belt, right? Ho hopefully in, in, in December. Then I say, you know, John Jones, if you want to <laughs> come get that work, he can come get it, you know, love it. I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I would love to, to work with UFC and say, okay, 
cool, let's let's go send him over to WWE, go smoke Brock Lesnar, or, or you know, or any of those 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 guys. Um, obviously, we got him in, in the movie Fast Nine, which, which was great. Um, yeah, so he's a movie star, WWE, the boxing thing, any of the the great heavyweights right now, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, who else is out Anthony there? Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, line them up, like. I'm I'm confident, and you guys will see it. A lot of people don't see Francis's skill sets because his fights haven't really been able. You can't see all the tools in his toolbox. When I mean to tell you that Eric Nixick and Dewey Cooper got this boy ready, he's gonna wrestle. <laughs> well, I don't know about the wrestling coaching, no, but the, the 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 wrestling. You know, I I I kind of see him. He used to talk about Paul Bear with Undertaker, right? Undertaker was one of my favorite wrestlers. But his brother Kane. Yes. Oh, you remember with the that? mask on? Yeah. I, I met see, Kane as a kid me, with the mask on. I don't know if Francis can be that that kind <laughs> of wrestler, but I envision if you were to say who is is that twin to Francis, it's Kane. Kane I love is Kane. Kane. When the music the old oh school Kane. God. I heard now. Yeah. I don't watch it any, any, anymore now, but they do they still have Kane? Is Kane? I know Undertaker. Isn't he like a politician now too? Yeah, I think he's the, a politician. Uh, don't yeah, tell me that. Like don't tell a, me that. Like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to I don't even <laughs> want to hear it. Anymore. We don't want to hear it. The Kane I know is black and red suit. Yeah, black and red face oh, yeah. mask. The so long badass. hair. Yeah, and just doesn't speak. Doesn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> and he ruined it now. Um, any final thoughts? Any final message you want to get out there? Where can they find you? I know you got the Moose podcast. You can listen to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I like to talk, as you guys can see. You know, however, I don't like to come on in this space and 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 talk. But Moves Podcast at Moves Podcast on IG, you can find us. You know, we just talk about people making moves because I'm all about the 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 kind of phrases chestnut checkers, right? It's like, you know, I like to approach thing and and no better or no worse. Um, I'm as as an MMA manager, this game is, in my opinion very different than than what i know it to be like working at ufc right and, and i'll and i'll just give you this like context really quick i was like on the other, when i came over to ca right and i started repping fighters i i learned the business from a different perspective while at the same time being at the biggest agency in the sports agency in the world caa right i see my colleagues you know biggest nfl agents in the world biggest my boss, big, Forbes list guys, agents, right? Like, so I see a level of professionalism, a level of deal making, a level of clientele, client servicing that I was like, oh my goodness, like this is a different animal. MMA hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't reached that on the representation side. I'm not saying that I'm I'm the the best manager out there. I don't want to be that best guy or, or touted as that. Like, I'm not trying to be you know, the, the, the guy that's always in the cameras, like, like this is the first like proactive interview that I've done in my, in my three years of, uh, I'm not yeah. trying to, you Thank know, you. <laughs> and you made a really good cameo, uh, with, uh, Francis on the hot box and Mike yeah, Tyson. So that yeah. I did Podcast. again, I was in the shadows of that. Right. Um, and Mike called me in and when Mike says, <laughs> like, oh, come yeah. into the room, you come into the room, but that was not planned. It was just supposed to be Francis on there because me as an agent, like it's on my my opinion that you take a step back. You let the client do the work. You know what I mean? I just try to stay humble. I stay out of people's way. I respect people as long as you give it back. You know what I mean? I try to I work my ass off at what my craft is. You know what I mean? I'm I'm I, I, I look at things 
as a as a business approach and, and try to be smart about everything that we do when it comes to all of our clients, right? From 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 Francis, Khalil, Kevin Lee, like all these guys, I love to work with them. You know, and they're just good human beings. I don't I don't try to fake it. Like in this MMA industry, I'm hoping that, you know, it 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 continues to elevate with the sport. And I'm talking about the representation side. Like there's a lot of guys I look up to in the space and 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 there's some people that you know, hey, I would do things differently, but again, maybe I'm, I'm, I could be wrong too. You know, I, I never shy away from from that. But uh, that that that's something that I'm looking forward to, man. Just continue to rise with with our clients and and try to represent them the best way that I can, uh, just humbly. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Again, I don't know, you know, if I'm gonna get used to me being on on, on the on the front side because if it were me, an MMA fan, because I know the MMA fans. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> who the fuck? I love to say it. Type but, it in. But you know who something? A lot of MMA fans are going to be tuned in to who you mm-hmm. are after this podcast, after the bombshells you just dropped. You're a great speaker. You've done a fantastic job. Yes. You represent some of the best guys in this game. You yeah. are the first agent we've had on the oh, Schmozone really? podcast. Okay. Oh, so congratulations it, for that. Shout Final out. thoughts, Helen. Sign us off here. Get your Schmozone t-shirts. Remember the first 100. Got to do the plug. Some custom (laughs) messaging from Helen and myself. Thank you so much, Markel, for coming on. Have a safe flight and travel back to Los Angeles. This Schmozone episode 29. Mm -hmm. We're out. Tune in.